Hello, you're listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. We are a general interest independent bookstore located in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles, California. This year, because of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had to close our store and cancel in-person events. But Skylight is your neighborhood bookstore, and we are finding ways to create community even while we're far apart. In the coming weeks, we'll be putting out lots of new audio content to help you discover new books, connect with authors, and check in with your favorite booksellers. To learn more about how you can help keep Skylight alive, please visit our website at skylightbooks.com or check out our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Hi, this is Maggie Takuda Hall. I'm the author of The Mermaid, The Witch, and The Sea, which is on sale May 5th from Candlewick Press. Right now I'm recording in our office slash guest room and looking out the window into our backyard where the dogwood tree is just sort of on the tail end of blooming and there's a giant Japanese maple in our neighbor's yard so everything's like green and lush and pretty and the sky is blue and that's nice. We just had our first child he's two months old now um, and so I haven't been doing a ton of reading but I've been really lucky that the reading that I have done has been amazing. I just finished my Dark Vanessa, which is a response to Lolita and is really beautiful and really apt. Uh, and I also read Vicious by V.E. Schwab, which was just exactly the kind of pulpy escapism that I have been looking for to pull me out of a little bit of a reading slump. So I highly recommend both books uh, for completely different reasons. And we have been cooking all of our food. Uh, my husband is immunocompromised. He's a type 1 diabetic. And so we're not risking it with uh, delivery or takeout. And so every le- uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner we are cooking. And I have become obsessed with trying to find the absolute best banana bread recipe. I don't even like banana bread all of that much. But my favorite recipe so far has been uh, the preppy kitchen one with chocolate chips. The Allison Roman one was nice, but was basically just cake. And I just did the Smitten Kitchen one, uh, and it was pretty good. It was more to my husband's taste than mine. Uh, So if you have an ideal banana bread recipe, please let me know, because this has become kind of my white whale issue. Like, I want to see why everyone loves it so much. I'm going to read to you uh, from the first section of the book starting with the point of view of the sea and then moving into the point of view of Evelyn, who's one of the two main protagonists. The sea. In this moment alone, a gray whale has beached itself on the red shore. A fishing ship pulls in more than a thousand haddock in its tightly woven nets. Off the coast of the floating islands, a young boy, in his mirth and carelessness as he swims, has kicked a tower of golden coral, toppling it and drawing his blood. In her depths, in her darkness, a monkfish in search of prey illuminates a lure. She is aware of all of this, but she is focused on the hollow edges where her mermaid belongs. 
She feels the absence like she feels a rock, corporeal and painful as it rubs against her. It is an ache. It's angry and raw. She has no special communion with a shark, no moment of clarity shared between herself and the eels. They're all just denizens in her midst. But a mermaid is at once her child and her possession, a piece of herself and something entirely unto herself. She knows each of them by her secret name. Entrusted as only mermaids can be, each holds her memories, for she is too old and too great and to, hold, to hold them all herself. For when a new memory rises and demands to be held by the sea, a mermaid is born, rising from her depths, full and whole and beautiful. But one is missing, and though she cannot say what memory she no longer holds, she knows something is gone. What pain it is to know a memory is lost, but not what it is. She reaches out her infinite fingers, grappling in the dark for what she has lost. She howls. So then we skip ahead a little bit into Evelyn's perspective. She slept restlessly. The dove, which is the ship that she is on, creaked as she plodded through the sea, and it sounded as though the ship were groaning with discontent. Ellen abdicated the night to insomnia, extricated herself from her nest of sheets, and snuck out of her cabin. Still unused to the rocking of the ship, she stumbled up the stairs to the deck. The sun had only just started to rise, though she'd never seen, known it in her birth, which was still embraced by darkness. Maybe it was always dark there. On the deck, a handful of crewmen were circled, yelling and hooting at something Evelyn could not see. Sidling herself up to the group, unnoticed in their frenzy, she saw it a mermaid. The creature gasped for air and thrashed upon the deck, her silver-scaled neck caught in thickly wrought net. Evelyn had never seen a mermaid before. She'd heard stories about them, of course, knew that they were real in the way that dragons were mag and magic were real, distant and exotic, denizens of a world outside imperial reach, outside the bustle of modern colonies. There was a dragon skeleton in the imperial palace. She'd seen it. She thought of the drawing in her book of fairy tales of the mermaid who reached for the sailor. It looked nothing like the one that flopped on the deck before her. Where the illustrations always showed gloriously beautiful women with clear skin and long flowing hair, this mermaid was small, stubbed, the size of an infant, with green and silver scales all over her body. Her eyes were awkwardly far apart on her face, more like a fish than a human, and gills flared in her cheeks. Green hair like seaweed wrapped around her neck. Her mouth gaped in silent terror. A thick-set sailor with, a dense, with dense arm hair nudged at the mermaid with his foot and said, Keep it alive and we can sell it for a fine price. It took a moment before Evelyn recognized him as Fox, the man who'd come and harassed Florian as she tutored him. A swell of dislike rose in her throat. Alfie shook his head. They never make it. Let's just have it now, chimed in another. Throw her back, Evelyn said. None of the men heard her, too engulfed in argument as they were. She took a deep breath and shouted, Throw her back! The crewmen turned and regarded Evelyn with equal measures of surprise and amusement, their faces curled into question marks. Fox stepped toward Evelyn, his eyes shining. Evelyn took a reflexive step back. Fox smiled, baring his broken, tobacco-stained teeth. Aw, you wouldn't begrudge seamen like ourselves a bit of extra on the side. Not all of us are so fortunate as to sleep on silk every night. He reached out as to touch her arm, but Evelyn flinched away. A flash of annoyance burned in his eyes. 
If you'll pardon me saying so, miss, but all sailors are desirous men. The mermaid's tail thrashed against the deck with a wet smack. She's scared, Evelyn said. A wave of chuckles passed through the crewmen. Yeah, the sailor nodded. So is the pike we meant to pull into this here net, but then you wouldn't beg clemency for them, would you? Tears pricked at Evelyn's eyes and she looked away, embarrassed. How naive she must seem. Distantly, she was aware that several of the crewmen were already working to hoist a barrel full of seawater onto the deck, presumably to keep the mermaid in. She felt the gentle pull on her elbow and turned to see that Florian had woken up. His eyes were still clouded with sleep and pain, but clearly he would not be caught away from his ward again. Come on, he whispered. There's nothing here that can be done. The defeat in his voice was like an anchor that had held Evelyn fast. She would not let these men, these horrible men, keep or kill or touch this wonderful creature. She squared her shoulders to Fox. They may be bigger than her, may better know the sea, but Evelyn was an imperial lady, and that had to be good for something, for once. Throw her back. No one laughed this time. All recognized the tone of command. Evelyn held the sailor's eyes, let him see her fury. She didn't care what he thought of her, didn't care if she appeared foolish. She would protect this mermaid, at least. What's all this? The voice had the arrogance of privilege. Evelyn whirled to see the man she'd been told was the Captain Lafayette. The men immediately straightened. This, she knew, was the man who had taken Florian's finger. She fought the desire to push him overboard. Mermaid, on the deck, sir. We pulled it up with the fishing net, said a crewman. Fox has laid his claim to it. Fox nodded. It'll fetch a fine price. Captain Lafayette did not respond. Instead, he looked to Evelyn. Have you ever seen a mermaid before, Lady Hasegawa? No, sir. Come. He took her by the elbow and guided her to the barrel, filled with seawater, where the mermaid now bobbed, looking forlorn. They're never as lovely as you might hope, the mermaids. Hardly worth the trouble they're said to cause. But Fox is right. She'll fetch a good price for him, nonetheless. You're going to let him keep her? Captain Lafayette smiled in a way that did not touch his eyes. The sea doesn't impart many gifts, my lady. A good sailor knows to take what he can get. The mermaid wrapped her tiny fingers around the edge of the barrel and attempted to pull herself out. Captain Lafayette took a spyglass from his red doublet, pulled it to its full length, and smacked it hard against the mermaid's hands. She let go immediately and cradled them to her chest. A spatter of black blood remained. The captain dipped a finger in the blood and, to Evelyn's horror, licked it clean. Evelyn gasped. Florian, called Captain Lafayette. Yes, Captain. Take Lady Hasegawa to the galley and see that she's well sated. A little midnight snack. Something sweet. Her unease is nothing a treat can't assist. Florian's eyes flickered to Evelyn, then back to the captain. Yes, sir. The captain smiled his beatific smile again and rested his thick hand on Evelyn's shoulder. Go on, young lady. There's a tin of butter biscuits in there. Tell Cook I said you could have as many as you desire. With a wink and a pat on her back, Captain Lafayette was gone. The mermaid looked at Evelyn. Evelyn looked at the mermaid. You see me, a whisper in Evelyn's ears like the echo of waves in a seashell. You see, you see, you see. And without doubt, Evelyn knew it was the mermaid. Shall we, my lady? Florian asked. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. 
You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon. I see.